ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to season two, episode nine of the Average to Elite podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lowe, and today uh, is another solo episode because I'd love to chat to you about uh, refeeds and diet breaks. And this is very much off the back of last week's podcast episode where we looked at how to um, navigate body composition goals in season, so both uh, muscle growth and fat loss. And in that episode, I touched on uh, how performance phases within a training week, um, i.e. competitions, so game day minus one, game day or race day minus one, race day and so on, can be used uh, quite nicely to offset uh, food focus and improve the overall longevity uh, of a dieting phase. So it's had a few conversations and questions surrounding that. So I thought I'd just um, go into this topic a little bit more detailed uh, with regards to the strategies and the approaches I use for the athletes I work with. So essentially what we're trying to do with diet breaks and refeeds is improve the overall fat loss efficiency and the longevity. A lot of individuals will think that these diet breaks or refeeds, these 24, 40-hour refeeds are absolutely magical in terms of uh, accelerating fat loss, uh, where it really is not the case uh, at all. So there's definitely utility to these kind of um, diet breaks and refeeds, and I certainly use them with the athletes. I've used them with myself quite a few times, um, but you know, they certainly have a time and a place. So before we kind of get into that, is shall we look at uh, who's a for and who's a not for? So who who's this for? Who would benefit from a diet break or a refeed? So we know that when we're in a fat loss phase, we're going to have compromises and trade-offs. Essentially, you are under-eating. You're consuming fewer calories than you burn. Fat loss 101 again. So when we go in aggressive calorie deficits, um, we are going to experience more compromises and trade-offs. Now, we can negate many of these compromises and trade-offs, or should we say minimize them, um, by having slower rates of fat loss on a weekly or monthly basis. So when I look at rates of fat loss for the athletes I work with, we always set about 0.5 to 1% loss per week. So it's a little bit slower than, um, say, your general population can go for but we really have to preserve uh, performance, recovery, and so on. But there will be a case where then, um, when you're in this fat loss phase, the longer you're in it and the leaner you become, um, you just have essentially low energy availability and your calorie deficit is gonna be quite large by that time, despite you still losing small amounts on a weekly basis, like 0.51% of body mass. Um, and when you do get this lower end uh, of the calorie intake and, you know, you've been in this deficit for maybe two, three, four, five months, um, you're going to experience quite a few negative feedback markers with these key KPIs. So we can break these KPIs again into the physical and the psychological. And I covered these a few times before now, but I thought I'd just go through them again. And so the physical KPIs that I monitor with my athletes are your physical and mental performance your recovery, so this like muscle soreness, spring in your step, your freshness and fatigue, uh, your energy levels both in training and out, and sleep quality because both hard training and uh, aggressive dieting or, um, should we say, just, yeah, <laughs> yeah basically aggressive dieting can uh, cause like sleep impairments, fragmented sleep, sleep onset latency goes down, all, all that kind of stuff. So 
we just look at mindfulness. And then from the psychological components, we're looking at your mood states, your food focus, and the overall enjoyment of this uh, dieting phase, uh, for sure, because that's ultimately going to be incredibly important for the sustainability and longevity of it all. And like I mentioned before, I just use a real straightforward tra traffic light system. Are we in the red? Are we in the shit zone? Are we in amber? Are we okay? Are we in the green? Are we winning? Are we um, moving the needle in the right direction? Scale of one to 10. If you're above eight, nine, 10, you're in the green. Awesome. If you're that mid range, five, six, seven, amber, okay. It's not great. It's not terrible, but it's okay. It's manageable. Um, but if you're below, say like a five, one, two, three, four, um, you're in the shit zone. And this is where we perhaps need to start thinking about introducing some calories to offset these compromises and uh, trade-offs. So who is this not for then? So essentially it's for anybody with perhaps just higher body fat percentages and who are just starting that kind of combination there. So generally speaking, if you need a diet break, uh, if you've just started, like you're three, four weeks in, like, oh, I need a refeed, I need a diet break, you're probably doing this wrong. Uh, your dieting approach is wrong. Most likely, the energy deficit is far too big. So what you need to do is, yes, introduce calories, but you need to introduce calories every single day to minimize, or should we say reduce, the energy deficit that you're in. So you are losing a 0.5-1% loss in body mass per week. Um yeah, so you definitely don't need to lose two, three plus kilos every week and then, you know, experience all these negative kind of compromises and then need a refeed. There's no point. The overall sustainability of the approach is going to be pretty terrible and you're probably going to develop a few sort of bad eating habits along the way as well. So we can't rush this process and that's why a little bit of long-term planning is needed and within that sort of long-term plan, perhaps just introducing a few uh buffers kind of diet breaks and stuff along the way then and so if you for example have been in the deficit for a long time you're losing at this desired rate 0.51 loss per week and then you're starting to experience these negatives less than introduce a diet and break just try and reverse some of these uh negative adaptations that's that are happening by definition then uh a diet break or a refeed is essentially increasing calories to reverse the negatives of a dieting phase. And this is increasing calories to maintenance, so energy balance. So I know I've, I've certainly seen a lot of individuals on social media, especially Instagram, where they're five Domino's pizzas, the Ben and Jerry's and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, we're on refeeds, where it's just not really needed. They just having a big cheat day. And uh, yeah, they very much just put that up on a pedestal for sure. And uh, it really just isn't needed in the slightest, okay? So all we're doing is taking the calories up to energy balance. So you're going to be eating the same foods as you were before, but you're just going to be eating a lot more of them. So when you're looking at energy balance, yes, you're going to have a little bit more of a calorie budget to play with. So you can have more flexibility with the food choices and stuff, but this is by all means, it's not a big cheat day. It's nothing like that. Um, and like I said, there's no need to put this up on a pedestal. Um, you know, I don't really like the word cheat at all. 
I tend to use the words like flexi meals or something like that when you've gone off menu a little bit. Or if you're just going out for a pizza or burger, just call it a pizza or burger. You know, you don't have to call it a cheat day, you know what I mean? Um, so when we're looking at this then, what we're doing again is just introducing calories to energy balance. So when we think of its impact, so a lot of individuals will say like it increases your metabolism is really beneficial for boosting metabolism, all this kind of great stuff. And they think there's all this um, miraculous kind of phallus is going to quaff the back of it and it's going to accelerate progress where unfortunately it's not really the case because all it's really doing is just reversing um, some of the negatives. So you feel a little bit no more normalized before getting back into this uh, energy deficit in the uh, forthcoming weeks. And so if you just look at the, um, you know, burn more calories question, so you can break this down into kind of three areas, your resting metabolic rate. So the idea is like, let's eat more food to speed up your metabolism, your resting metabolic rate, so you can burn more calories when you go back to the deficit. Not really the case. Um, there's some loose kind of evidence to suggest you might have like a moderate increase, but realistically, uh, it's not going to be significant at all. So we're not really going to be increasing um calories just for that purpose you will however see an increase in energy expenditure from essentially just eating more food so diet induced thermogenesis goes up if you have 2000 calories a day normally and now you're eating three and a half thousand calories your body just has to work a little bit harder to break down an extra 1500 and therefore you're going to burn more calories but this is very much uh temporary it's transient in nature as soon as you get back into the deficit that's going to um, suppress once again to uh, fall alongside the amount of food that you're actually eating. And then when you introduce food, uh, your needs goes up, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So we know that in a dieting phase, you do have this anti, so we do have this sloth mode kind of uh, phase where increasing food is going to make you a little bit less sloth, like the anti-sloth. So when you got, you may have experienced this yourselves when you're dieting phase, you essentially move around a little bit less, whether that's knowingly or subconsciously. And this is your body perhaps trying to slow down to preserve energy. Um, and then when we increase our calories, um, you know, body's like, oh, we've got all this energy. We can return to normal and function a little bit more normally. You can move around. We're not going to suppress this element of your uh, metabolism. So Yes, you can uh, certainly expend more energy that way. But again, it's just temporary. When you get back into that energy deficit uh, the following kind of day or following week, um, that's just going to sort of uh, suppress once again to, again, fall in line with the calorie intake that you're on. What's quite nice that I touched on last week, um, from the performance side of things, you can actually have a chance to replenish your glycogen stores. So we mentioned that game say game d minus one or race day minus one carbohydrate load nice opportunity to replenish glycogen stores both in the muscle and the liver and that's going to support both physical and mental performance so if your performance is starting to you know diminish a little bit you can't maintain work capacity and stuff like that just because you never have this opportunity to fully replenish that's when um diet breaks could have or some refeed days can be pretty beneficial uh, just to replenish collection stores and then your performance is going to be great for the the following days after that um we know that you know in, introducing calories to maintenance to energy balance 
is going to be pretty anti-catabolic in nature. Um, think of like an energy deficit is very much a catabolic environment. So your body favors kind of break down as opposed to growth. Well, you can just kind of take yourself out of that um, for whatever time you're in energy balance for. As I mentioned, when you're in a big energy deficit, you do have fragmented sleep. Um, so if you are struggling with that, perhaps increasing calories there can improve sleep quality. We know from the research that introducing a large amount of carbohydrates one to four hours before you go to bed can improve sleep onset latency, so time taken off for sleep, and then overall sleep quality as well. Um, that's actually one anecdote that a lot of athletes have worked with experience that when I actually give them permission to eat carbohydrates, funnily enough, uh, the sleep improves massively because they've always, in this case, all restrict, 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 and now getting them uh, carbohydrates, they um, sleep really well. And if they train at night, you kind of got the elements of loads of carbs after your training to support um, recovery and glycogen replenishment. And then you got it as well, uh, just before you go to bed to improve sleep quality. So that's great. Big thing um, I really sort of track and monitor with my athletes is their food focus. So what is their desire to eat? Um, on a weekly uh, and daily basis, because I know from myself, when I've been in a big energy deficit, food focus definitely does uh, come in very aggressively towards the back end. And it's far better to be proactive with this and give yourself more food in a controlled manner to reverse the food focus or minimize it instead of trying to push through. And that ends up being like a fuck it kind of moment and you binge uh, and you tank in, you know, two, three, 5,000 calories over the course of the weekend. You lose momentum, you feel guilty, you feel shit by yourself, and then you have to start over again and kind of rebuild everything. So sometimes when food focus is entering that sort of six, five, fours out of 10, I might just introduce a refeed uh, kind of day, one day, two days, three days, to um yeah just to help support that as well and then as well you notice that when you're in a big energy deficit your mood and enjoyment does go down like quality of life does go down um you know this is just one of the compromises and trade-offs uh best case scenario is oh sorry best example i can give you is uh thinking of like a bodybuilder a week out from show nine times out of ten they're not happy people um, they're in a massive energy deficit, they're very depleted, they're still training hard, um, and their mood states are pretty poor. So essentially, if we're experiencing any of these negatives, like just pulling yourself up to calorie maintenance uh, to true sort of energy balance can be really uh, productive in terms of the overall efficiency and longevity of the approach. And this is all we're doing here is we're not, you know, um, stoking your metabolism or anything. We're just improving the longevity so you can stay in this deficit for a long period of time and therefore get better results. So when we look at the duration of it, you know, like how long do we want to be in calorie maintenance for our energy balance? There's no real set parameters here at all. It's kind of based on the individual, like, and how you're feeling. Um, like when I was in my sort of deficit back end of last year and it got relatively lean, um, I was just running um, a diet break, like 24 to 48 hour kind of refeeds um, like every other weekend. Then when I got towards the back end of that phase, when I was really experiencing a little bit more food focus, they came into a weekly basis. And then when they no longer had a an effect, um, that's when I transitioned out of the fat loss phase all together so it's almost a case of how much can we squeeze out of this fat loss phase 
before refeeds no longer work. So it might be a case of you do them once every month if you feel like it, then every fortnight, once every week. And then when you know they just don't have an effect, that's when it's like, right, this is where we need to call hold uh, on this fat loss phase and get back into maintenance ASAP. So there's a few different ways we can really look at this. I mentioned like the 24, 48 hour uh, kind of refeeds. I would typically run them for 48 hours. Um, 24 is, yeah, it's a little bit of novelty, I guess, but um, I don't think they really have that much of an impact. Um, so I just typically run them 48 hours. And plus, if you are competing every single weekend, 48 hours, a performance phase, which is energy balance, which is calorie maintenance, um, fits into that model really, really nicely. A model that I use as well uh, with a lot of individuals outside of the competition phase, off-season, pre-season, this long COVID uh, period we've had um, where there's not been any competitions or any real need to fuel up for anything large and have full performance phases for. Um, I do like 11-3 kind of ratios. So there's um, a study called a calorie shifting um, diet that they implemented. And uh, I just quite like this kind of approach uh, it's kind of like this blast and cruise kind of approach where they worked in 14 day blocks. So they hit it hard for 11 days in this deficit, quite restrictive. And then they just ran three days at calorie maintenance and they just repeat that for months on end. And that just seems to improve more so the enjoyability um, of the fat loss phase when they compare them to individuals who were basically um, just running deficit throughout. And what's great about this, this approach when you go to calorie maintenance is that the refeed um, phase is not a surplus. You're not gaining body fat or anything. You just put in the brakes on a little bit. You have a chance to catch up with yourself, feel normal again, and then that sets you up uh, for the next kind of phase then. So I think that's a really nice model. And then within that 11-day period, you are still periodizing your nutrition to coincide with the training demands of that day as well. So in this study, they, they were doing it with obese individuals and they didn't really have any training demand. So they just ran like a flat, uh, the top of my head is like 14, 1500 calories or something like that. But with athletes, you're still going to have that undulated approach to support your training demands and then a full refeed um, for full day for three full days on that perhaps that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And if that does happen to coincide with uh, some social events, then yeah, that is absolutely awesome. That, that's really, really cool. Um, and then another one I like to do as well is um, implementing from one study called the Matador study, which they basically did two weeks on, two weeks off. Um, and again, when they sort of compared this to um, just a straight linear diet, there was a slight metabolic advantage there, um, but like the overall enjoyability of the approach and the ability to um stay in the deficit was a little bit better because they're only really kind of pushing for two weeks and it pulling back for two weeks and so on the only downside to that approach really is um you know it just takes twice as long to actually hit the body fat goal because you're 50 of the time we have calorie maintenance not making any progress um so the, that's for one that's the approach if you're not in any rush at all um but i like to take elements of this i like we can definitely um refeed or diet break for more than a week that's what it's saying so i might push an, an athlete for 8 10 12 16 weeks whatever until they start experiencing a little bit more um negativity with regards to kpis and then it's like right 
let's push out a dieting break for one to two weeks, have a real nice chance to, you know, just feel complete normal again, get all these KPI scoring, eight, nines, and tens, get yourself out of that shit zone, feel amazing, perform incredibly. And then once everything has reset and you've recalibrated and had that break, uh, then you can dip into it again. And again, there's no real right or wrong around this. It's based on how you feel and uh, what kind of direction you want to take. What I really like doing it as well, um, and probably my one of my preferred methods is um, just aligning a diet and break with a deload. Um, they just work so nicely. So usually an athlete will have a deload. Again, depends what kind of training they do, maybe sort of every 8, 10, 12 weeks or something like that. Um, so let's just run a diet and break along that side. So what is the outcome of a deload to make sure you're fully refreshed and recovered for the next training block? So a question I do get asked is if I'm deloading and I'm in, and I'm in a fat loss phase, shall I pull my calories down even further because I'm going to be burning less calories? First and foremost, I like the thinking behind that but that is only going to compromise your ability to recover and it's going to interfere with adaptations. And if supercompensation of adaptation does happen, then you're only going to impede that process. So let's just tie this in. We want to increase your rate of recovery and feel absolutely incredible going to the next training block. Let's pull the calories back up to maintenance so it coincides with that and really supports and complements what we're after here. Then the next... The next week, the start of that training block, drop back down into that calorie deficit and you should feel all ready and good to go. You're physically refreshed and you're mentally refreshed as well. So again, there's quite a few ways you can approach this. There's no right or wrong. It's very much based on like what your training look like and, and how you're feeling. And again, in terms of the frequency, um, you just run this for however many times before the refeeds or diet breaks have no longer a good effect and you don't have that nice return that you once did. Because again, the leaner you get, the longer you're in a diet in phase four, the more these KPIs are going to kick you in the ass. Like, it's not a case of, uh, you know, will it happen to me? It's more a case of when will it happen to me? Um, You know, if you're under periods of like low energy availability, low body fat levels, low calorie intakes, your body does not like that. It's going to increase your hunger to drive you uh, to eat and get your body fat back up there. So it's going to fight you all the way. Um, so these diet breaks, again, it just helps extend the overall fat loss period. And therefore, you can get better sort of transformations and stuff like that. Um, and then I guess the last kind of question we need to cover is uh, how, how do we do this? So as we mentioned, we want energy balance. Um, and we're just going to do this all via carbohydrates. So... One of the benefits here is, yes, carbohydrates are going to replenish your glycogen stores, both in the muscle and liver, and that's going to support physical and mental performance. Absolutely awesome. Two, carbohydrates taste fantastic. Hashtag no carbohydrate deficiencies here. And then three, um, it's going to help us support your leptin levels, and that is then going to increase your energy expenditure um, and then perhaps decrease your hunger levels as well. So... And also, carbohydrates are going to offer more food volume and be more satiating uh, that way. So, long story short, um, we just need to increase calories via carbohydrates. And again, when you implement this, is very much based on those KPIs. 
if you're in the shit zone, then you kind of run on there. If you're kind of in the green, you don't need to. If you're in the amber, probably don't need to. Dipping into the red, 100% yes. If um, you've just started off with a fat loss phase and you really haven't made that much progress yet with regards to the duration of the um, fat loss phase, you probably don't need to run them. Um, if you're experiencing these negatives in the space of three to four weeks, you're probably just in too much of an energy deficit or the approach is just completely wrong and you probably just have to reevaluate and reassess that. Um, but if you're in a, a four-week uh, dieting phase and need a, a week off, yes, something is uh, clearly broken there 100%. So guys, I hope uh, today's episode of the pod was beneficial and took some value away from it. If you have any questions, queries, or anything like that, just please let me know. Best place to get a hold of me is on Instagram DMs. Uh, just slide right on in there. And um, if you did, again, find this beneficial and valuable, then please could you share this on your Instagram stories because it'd be really appreciated. And uh, it'll ultimately help the overall success and growth of the podcast so it can just build and get better and better every single week. So guys, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time and um, I'll see you next week. Goodbye.